0: This is Calm and Cozy, episode 84. You're listening to the Calm and Cozy podcast. A show about rest, finding relief from insomnia, and appreciating sleep as the ultimate act of self-care and self-love. I'm your host, Sleep Coach Beth, author of the Calm and Cozy Book of Sleep, and as a sweet listener once called me, your sleep fairy godmother. Hi friends, I've missed you. It's been too long since I've recorded an episode, and I had originally planned on apologizing for that, but you know what? I won't. What I will say is... Thank you for your patience. And if you're also going through a lot right now, I would encourage you to do what I've done take a break. When life is weird, I just tend to put everything on hold and then reevaluate when I come back. I love this podcast and I am so happy you're here and learning from me and connecting with me, but something's got to give, you know? Family comes first, and after that, yeah, my business is important, but I can't do everything. I'm still on Instagram, I'm still working away on the Insomnia membership site, and we're hoping to launch this fall, but you can't do it all, all of the time. And honestly, isn't it nice to have a break from having 40 billion new podcast episodes to listen to every week? I listen to several podcasts regularly, and it gets overwhelming keeping up with every new episode. I love when a podcaster takes a break because it gives me a chance to catch up. So I guess you're welcome. I thought I'd do something a little different for this episode. I love telling stories and every once in a while, I'll be in the mood to tell the story in an Instagram caption. I'll post a pretty picture of a bed or a plant, and then I use all the space in the caption that I'm allowed and hope that my followers don't get bored and stop reading before the last line. The stories are about me, and sometimes they're remotely related to sleep, but mostly they're stories I've remembered or felt compelled to share because they had an impact on me in some way, or I don't know, I just thought they were fun. And I love to connect with other people through stories. Honestly, I always thought if I were to write a book, it would be fiction. And it so happens my first book was about sleep. Go figure. So this episode is kind of a greatest hits of the stories that I've shared in my Instagram captions. And I've named each story as though they were Friends episodes. The one where mom doesn't see a bald eagle. Several years ago, during a family vacation to Florida, I was swimming in my aunt's pool and chatting with my mom. A bald eagle flew over our heads and disappeared into the trees. I saw it clearly and it was pretty incredible. I gasped and said, I just saw an eagle. My mom quickly turned around and looked at the empty sky. She sighed. It's my dream to see a bald eagle. Well, last weekend, my family went to a park that's known for spotting eagles, and of course we didn't spot any. And of course a couple who was always about five minutes ahead of us on the path kept bragging about how they just saw one in the spot we left, and how amazing it was, and how it landed on his shoulder, and they took a selfie together, and now they're best friends. I don't really know where I'm going with this story. I guess I just wanted to tell it. And to ask if anyone wants to send a bald eagle to my parents' backyard so I can tell my mom to stand outside just in time for it to fly over, I would appreciate it. And I'm pretty sure my mom would be forever grateful. The one where I finally let my legs see the sun. I have hated my legs since I was a teenager. I used to stand in front of the mirror in my bedroom and pull on the fat above my knees to see what my legs would look like if they were thinner. I've spent many, many hot and humid Ontario summers sweating profusely in black leggings and floor-length skirts. I used to see women wearing shorts whose legs had more fat than mine and think, good for her. I could never do that. You know what? F that. It's so ridiculous. It's hot outside and the size of my legs has absolutely no bearing on my happiness and success in life, period. Yesterday, I wore shorts out in public for the first time since I can remember. I'm not over exaggerating when I say it has been several decades. And guess what happened? Nothing. I was cool and comfortable in the hot summer weather and nobody cared. I didn't hear one person gasp in horror. Nobody pointed and laughed or said, she shouldn't be wearing shorts, her knees have fat on them. And even if they did, who cares? My body does not require external validation to be comfortable in the clothes that I wear. So I'm wearing the shorts, and I'm enjoying my summer. End of story. The one where I hate everyone's favorite saying... I have always hated the saying, it is what it is. So when my morning playlist thought it would make a good lyric to listen to on repeat while I walked, I immediately pressed skip. I've had a bad experience with it is what it is. A number of years ago, I was let go from my job. The company was cutting costs, and I was told my position as office manager and receptionist was redundant. The HR woman who was brought in to fire me, she kept pushing that floral Kleenex box towards me, and then I kept pushing it away. I wasn't going to cry. In the weeks that followed, ex-coworkers were sending me photos of the office going to shit in my absence, which I admit brought me great joy. Turns out the person who keeps every moving part and machine stocked and running smoothly is kind of important. The evening when I went back to the office to collect my things from my desk, my boss, whom I liked and respected, carried the box to my car. He placed it in the back seat and turned to me and shrugged. It is what it is. I've never wanted to punch someone in the face so badly. I had just lost my full-time source of income. I was standing in a dark, empty parking lot. How about, I'm so sorry this just happened to you? Because to me, in that moment, it is what it is, was the equivalent of, oh, well, deal with it. It felt cold and insensitive. Since that moment, I have never said the words, it is what it is, to anyone who's struggling, especially when a heartfelt, I'm so sorry, would suffice. I think if we want to keep it is what it is in circulation, we need to add a comma, but. It is what it is, comma, but. I believe you can move past this. It is what it is, comma, but let me know how I can help. It is what it is, comma, but in another six years, you'll be a sleep coach with a podcast and a book, and this will be a story you tell your Instagram followers. Okay, that last one was a little far-fetched, but you get where I'm going with this, right? Accepting that awful things happen to good people for no reason, it's the first step, but don't let that be the end. Embrace the comma, but friends. The one where I was the tired one. When you experience the very thing you just challenge your podcast listeners to handle differently, you need to talk about it, right? This morning I woke up at 3am and stayed awake until 5.30am. This is not normal for me, but it can still be frustrating and a disappointing disturbance. First, here's what I just said in Calm and Cozy Episode 81, Can You Manifest Better Sleep? The next time your common sleep disturbance or pattern happens, acknowledge without reaction and use that time to do something peaceful like pray or meditate or daydream. Take the pressure off of yourself to fall back asleep and just rest. Enjoy your time in bed. Lying in bed feeling disappointed does nothing to improve the situation you've tried that before and it hasn't worked let's try something else so this morning i acknowledged without reaction and i focused on how warm and comfortable i was i said to myself i have nowhere else i have to be but right here this feels so good It certainly changed the experience for me, and I woke up this morning knowing that tonight's sleep will be whatever it's going to be, and I can handle it. The one where Michael Stipe smiled at me. I've been a fan of the band R.E.M. since age 11, after my cousin gave me my first R.E.M. cassette tape. I bought every album after that day and then I kicked myself for years after not making the trip into downtown Toronto for the band's free concert in 2001. I was a nanny at the time, and traveling on foot in a crowd with a small child on each hip would have been problematic. In 2008, I finally got to see my favorite band live from the third row center seats that I stayed home from work to buy the moment they went on sale. I took my brother with me, and I told him not to be alarmed if I cried when Michael Stipe took the stage. Surprisingly, I didn't cry. But I did freak out a little when Michael made eye contact with me. And smiled at me. Swoon. When the band broke up in 2011, I was grateful for a huge collection of songs I still consider to be my life's soundtrack. So, is it really so shocking that I work with REM sleep stages now? I mean, it kind of was meant to be when you think about it. The one where I was terrible at simple math. Hey, have I ever told you about the time that I found a library book under the seat of my car? It was a year overdue, so I avoided the library because I thought the fine would be astronomical. And when I finally went back over two years later, I owed $3.99. Yep, rocking this whole adulthood thing over here. The one where I thought I had no talent. You know those defining moments in your life that you'll never forget? Mine was in 1998. I was in my last year of high school, don't laugh, and I had worked for months on a portfolio of my artwork, hoping to get into the graphic design program at St. Clair College. My parents and brother were with me when I picked up the portfolio a while later. It was in a large envelope, included a page with a list breaking down the work that I had submitted. In pencil, it had my name written at the top, and I had been graded on my artwork from 1 to 5, 1 being below average and 5 being great. I went down the list and read out loud all the 1s and 2s that I had been assigned. I was shaking. Art was my thing. How could this be real? A comment at the bottom read, Under average drawing skills. I was devastated. My parents were shocked and angry, and I remember my brother saying, They don't know what they're missing. I cried for hours. The next day when I returned to school, I went straight to my guidance counselor, who was waiting anxiously to hear the news. She was confused when I showed her the page that I had received, and she picked up the phone to call anyone at the college who would talk to her. She stated her shock and disappointment to the stranger on the line. She was loud and angry and I was relieved that she was on my side. She hung up the phone about a minute later and said, They have no idea how that page got in there because not only were you accepted into the program, you were one of the top candidates. We hugged, I cried, and then I borrowed her phone to call my parents. The one where I decide it's okay to brag about my book. I should stop talking about my book. I'm probably driving my friends and family members crazy. I said these words out loud a few days ago. Then, only a few seconds later, this truth hit me. I have been happy for them through all of their exciting life events. I've celebrated engagements, weddings, I've thrown baby showers and spent weeks making baby gifts. I've liked the weekly Facebook pictures of their baby bumps. I've been there to party with them on their milestone birthdays, sang songs with the word love in them to make their kiss their new spouse on their wedding day. The people who care about me will be happy for me and let me talk about the biggest accomplishment in my life to date. And can I also mention all the money that they've saved over the years? Not having to buy me wedding and baby shower gifts? Hello? The people in my life are excited for me, and this isn't meant to tell anyone off while hiding behind a post. It's to tell you that even though I'm about to introduce the most exciting creation of my wildly artistic life, I still doubt myself. I still think that I have to keep quiet so I don't bother anyone. I get goosebumpy and teary-eyed when I read the book reviews from strangers who have read advanced copies of my book. I love that they're learning simple techniques, putting them into practice, and improving their sleep. I love that they're reading my words and finding value in them. So I'm going to continue talking about my book because it's a big deal, and I'm going to stop apologizing for being proud of my accomplishments. Join me, won't you? We'll start a movement of people who believe they actually are as amazing as they're told they are. And then we'll invite all of our friends to a party in our own honor and make them sing a song with the word love in it. It'll be great. The one where I was all weird about the tree. I have a favorite tree. It's about 45 minutes into my walk every morning and the photos will not do it justice. This tree is beautiful, it drapes over the sidewalk like a magic tunnel. When I walk under it, I feel like I'm going to emerge out the other side, a superhero or a character from a fictional world. Yes, I have a childlike imagination. The other day I decided my favorite tree was going to give me whatever I needed most that day when I walked under it. This morning I walked under the canopy of that tree and said out loud, I'm coming out the other side of this tree with courage." I pictured myself emerging with newfound courage, ready to take on whatever life was going to throw at me in the coming months, and I laughed to myself as I kept walking. I made eye contact with a cat who was lying comfortably in the grass nearby, and he meowed up at me confidently. "'Right?' I said back. Who knew morning walks could be so empowering? The one where I gush about my morning walk. The morning walk is mine. I walk alone and listen to books or podcasts and occasionally music or silence. Then there's the evening walk. The evening walk can be shared with a friend and has been a few times this past week. Every morning I open the blinds. I squint and I say something cheesy like, what a gorgeous day. Whatever alternate plan I had made last night for this morning's workout is instantly forgotten, and instead, I'm preparing for my walk. I'm on autopilot. I'm drawn to it. I must walk. The sun and the breeze and the smiles from strangers make me happy. I say good morning at least a dozen times. I do the loop, then I walk it again. I pass my childhood home. I stop to take a picture of a chalk drawing or a poppy, or a bird who won't sit still long enough, and the photo comes out blurry. I watch the dog who can't take his eyes off the squirrel. The dog's owner and I share a laugh. I check the time. I wish for ten more minutes and I keep walking, the sun warming my face as I eventually and happily turn towards home. Thank you for listening. If you want to read more things that I write, you can find my book, The Calm and Cozy Book of Sleep, on Amazon or hopefully at your favorite bookstore. If you've already bought and read my book, thank you so much. I hope it's helped to change your sleep. This fall, the membership site I've created with my sleep buddy, the Life Coach for Insomniacs, will be launching and you can learn more and get on our waitlist at freedomfrominsomnia.com. Until next time, sleep well and stay cozy.